Hello, this is Amirakami Minute, presented by the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, Mr. Spencer Church. Hello. We have finally got to the end of this book, which if, it seems like it was, uh, you know, because we have, what, eight episodes on this, yeah. so it seems like it, it's been drug out, but we really, like, could have read this in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very small collection. Um, If you didn't check out last episode, which I would just like to reiterate that seven of these stories in here were pre-published, so the only original story in this collection is First Person Singular, which is not just the title of the book, but the title of the last story. This last one was a bit strange. It's about a guy, uh, again, unnamed narrator, which, uh, again, these could all be Haruki Murakami. As the last one was Haruki Murakami, they could all be Haruki Murakami. But this one's about a guy who's... He's not much of a suit guy. Yeah. He likes uh, his sweatpants. I got, m- I, m- I got a Mr. Rogers vibe, actually. I, I could identify with this man. Yeah, he seemed like an all right guy. But he decided, you know what? I'm going to dress up just for myself. Every once in a while, he just gets the kicks. He just, like, you yeah. know, he, you get the itch. Like, I just want to. I want to feel the silk on my skin. Yeah, I want to so jazz fancy. it up. So he uh, he puts on his, one of his finest suits. I don't know. Uh, Which still isn't, like, a good suit. Not that good. It's British, not even Italian. Uh, but he puts the suit on, and now I was kind of zoning out by this point because this wasn't very. I didn't find the story all that interesting. He uh, was going for a walk. Yeah, well, even before that, he was having like feelings of guilt about wearing this suit. Uh, yeah, because he like he waits for like like his wife and one of her friends were going to eat um, Chinese, and he can't eat it because he's allergic. Uh so whenever they like are gonna be away doing like that or anything for any period of time, that's when he does wear a suit. Wear the yeah, suit. and uh, so he's feeling like these weird guilt things. It's a, it's like a theme throughout this story, but I didn't really absorb the information enough to care. Unless you had something to add, it doesn't seem all that important. But what it mainly comes down to is he goes to a jazz bar. He's reading a book he's not enjoying, and he's drinking a. A beer or cocktail, I forget. And there's a 50-something-year-old woman there in, like, a dress. It's like, she's dressed up. She's, you know, gussied up there. And he sees her, and the bar gets more crowded, and she ends up sitting next to him. And he kind of thinks he knows her, but he doesn't. Like, he's not sure if he ever met her. And then she starts just grilling him about, like, oh, why are you reading a book in a bar? Like, almost like, oh, you think you look cool doing that? Like, what are you doing? And then she starts bashing his suit. Like, oh, you're, you know, and he already, by this point, is kind of uncomfortable in the suit. He's mentioned that. Okay, you wear it for an hour. You got that new, like, oh, you know, I feel fresh. I got a pep in my step. But then he's like, okay, I want my fucking pajamas. But she starts harping on his suit. And she's pretty much just insulting him, just being very rude. And uh, he just wants to leave. He's, he's like, this sucks. Which eventually he does. Yeah, he ends up finally mustering up the courage to just get up and just leave. Uh, but she, he asked her, like, you know, are we acquaintances? Do I know you? Are we acquainted? I think is the phrase he used. And then she's like, acquainted. And then she's harping on him more. Uh, and long story short, this will probably be our shortest episode, actually. It turns out that uh, because there's a part where he sees himself in the mirror and because he's wearing this suit, he feels like it's, he's not looking at himself. So there's this weird parallel imaging going on where he, he just, it's not like it's him, even though it's him, he doesn't feel like it's him. Uh, so she starts telling him about, he hurt this woman, doesn't say how emotionally, physically, you don't know on a shore, like three yeah. years ago. And, uh, she, I guess she's the, this woman's his best friend. So that woman was very upset with him. And then this woman who's confronting him is still very upset about what happened. And, uh, 
he he has no idea. He's like, what the? What are you talking about? Like, I don't get it. So he just gets mad and he leaves. And then when he fucking, she's still blah, blah, blah. He leaves. And then I think he's, what, just walking home. And uh, he's just trying to think, like, what the hell? Like, he wants to be angry, but he's just yeah. so confused. He can't remember hurting anybody on the shore or anything like that. Is that how that story ended? I think, well, this was one of the shortest stories yeah. in the collection as well. Uh, I wasn't able to really, t- yeah, it was. It, it, it kind of ends abruptly, I think. Yeah, it was just pretty much ended abruptly. So there wasn't much to that. You didn't find any information. That was almost like a flash fiction piece, the way it read. Like, bit. there wasn't a beginning, middle, or end. It was just kind of started at the middle and stayed there. Because, you you know, as the reader, you want to know, honestly, in all these stories, I kind of want to know more about the narrator, like who they are, but it's written in a way that you're not supposed to. But this story specifically... You don't know anything about this guy, so it could be very possible that he did something bad. Yeah. uh, Why he didn't remember, who knows? Maybe he was drunk. Uh, Also, he never finished his book. He was on the last two pages. Yeah. He he just said he's never going to finish it. It, Well, they made, because that's, it seems like something you would just gloss over, but there was a big point made about he always finishes books, no matter whether he likes them or not. He always finishes books, and he was on the last two pages when this woman confronted him. And then he just, like, he ends with, it was like, I, you know what, I'm never going to finish the yeah, book. Yeah, like, put him in such a sour mood that he wouldn't finish those last two or three pages. Yeah, so that was bizarre, and that just kind of makes you think, like, is that supposed to be more of... Like, I feel like there's deeper meaning in this story than I was able to take away. Maybe that just has something to do with English translation or something, but uh, now that we're done with First Person Singular Stories by Haruki Mirakami... What is your rating? I give the I gave it three stars out of five. Three out of five. Three whiskey shots. Um, that seems about right. Yeah, but that's coming from me, who's a Mirakami fan. Like with you and Stephen King, you might give a little more leeway than you normally would. If I read this without knowing, like if it wasn't Haruki Mirakami, someone else wrote this, someone uh, I never heard yeah, of, and yeah. I read it, I probably would have gave it two, or maybe not even finished it. What, what about what about if it was just uh, you know like sometimes indie authors send us their books to check out. What about if it was just from some indie author that you didn't, you know... There's a good chance I wouldn't have finished it. Because, well, the main thing, honest, to be honest, to be frank, the reason why... Well, it's an easy read, for one. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to bail on something that's easy read. But because I know Haruki Mirakami and his work so well by now... I uh, was you, kept. I had the expectation and the hope. For, you were waiting for that other shooter drop. Yeah, those things were gonna get weird. And then when we read the monkey story, I was like, okay, it's got to get weird. It didn't. It actually dropped back down. The monkey story was the highlight of weirdness, and it wasn't even that weird. Yeah. Fun fact, because Haruki Murakami is a huge fan of uh, Franz Kafka, because uh, I told you about that metamorphosis story he yeah. did. It was like the bug turns into Gregor yeah. Samsa, which I love. By the way, it's one of my favorite stories. This is actually based, from my understanding, this is based off a uh, Franz Kafka story dealing with some kind of talking monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never heard of that one. And I read his, I read like the Kafka collection I got from Barnes and Noble, or, like Metamorphoses and other stories, but I don't remember, that wasn't in there. I don't know if that was a more well-known one or just like, you know, something we didn't get in English. I'm not sure. So what's your overall takeaways of first person singular? What I liked about it was the um, the style of writing, because mm. even though that a lot of the subject matters of a lot of the stories, I still kind of felt engaged by the way he wrote them, mm-hmm. and uh, as like if we, as you know, I've said in different episodes, like I do like on like how he focuses on different things mm-hmm. or 
and then stuff like that. So like I don't know how much that translates to his, to his other work or to even like his longer works. That's a frequent like that's a common Mirakami yeah. trope is like that focus on detail more so in like his novels and stuff than the the actual short story collections I've read of his because he seems like a guy who when he writes short stories. Does it like either wraps? I think he seems like he wraps them up too fast, or maybe he just doesn't have. Because uh, even in his novels, it's kind of hard to pinpoint just like a beginning, middle, and end, yeah. like three act play there. He uh, kind of goes and just lets his writing wander. So I could see how that would be problematic in a short story form. Like I said, I read one of his other collections that was pretty good, but it was weird. Hmm. But that does bring me to my next point, unless well, you wanted to finish that. Well, I was, I was also going to say. That I think that this might actually be a good book to maybe to try to introduce people to Mirakami mm-hmm. because I just like if I'm trying to get somebody into Stephen King, I just wouldn't drop them into like the heavy waters. Yeah, the deep like waters. you know what I mean, to like the dark towers, and not even like even like the stand. I wouldn't like. I'd be like, yeah. it's awesome, but don't start with it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's well, so- like Mirakami, I wouldn't say somebody should just jump into one Q eight four. Like you're gonna be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> or the Wind Up Bird Chronicles. Even you just you're gonna be all over the place. It's so, it's pretty wild. So, so I think like if anybody who was interested in his work, this would be a good thing to check out mm-hmm. and uh, and to see like if it um if it may be something that you could see you know knowing that okay. This isn't exactly his work, but it gives you a feel or a taste yeah. on what it, what it might be or where it could go. I would say this was Mirakami light. Yeah. It's, uh, you get, like you said, you get a taste of it, but it's not real heavy handed. Um, because Mirakami can be a little too much when you get into like a five to 800 page book of his. Yeah. And then you have these, like his specific way of writing keeps going. Like that one Q84, my biggest complaint about that book is because in Japan it was three books. It did the whole, like, comic book, uh, like, when you get trades and comic books, a, a lot of times they reiterate yeah. at the beginning of the next one, which you already did. He was doing that in the novels. Uh, so you kept getting the same inf- – granted, he would kind of tell it in a different way, but you keep getting the same information. Now, that was one of those books where you could get very lost if you didn't so have – it a, might help giving you that information yeah. again. Yeah. Well, not if you read it all at once like I did. If it was in three separate books – having that reiteration would help you, but that's what Dracula suffered from. Remember when we read Dracula, yeah. they kept repeating the same things, and it's like, all right, I got it. They got the fucking guns. Let's move on. You do get that with uh, some of Mirakami stuff, uh, but that could also just because be because how they publish it in Japan versus here. We always put everything in one big book. We don't like to have multiple books uh, for something that's not technically a series. Like Because in Japan, it seems more popular... Not necessarily more popular, but more popular than here to have one story stretch out into multiple books versus here we do series. So it's like you got to wrap up the story arc. Uh, you can have like a cliffhanger, but like the main piece, like the main story you're working on is going to transition done. in that's the second done. book to something yeah, else. Yeah, and that's the, the second. But in the mirror comic book, like it's literally just, uh, you know. Very more ser- sterilized, you would think maybe they uh, would do it over. Like, yeah. Do you think like over in Japan, like how, you know, back in the day over here, Serial fiction was pretty popular. That, yeah. was, that was the thing. Like, I think it's I still more popular over there than, you know, because we kind of got away from that. Because uh, even comic books, they try to wrap things up. Like, they have the monthly comics, but I feel like most people just wait for the trades anymore. Yeah. But we are going to continue because, using the water metaphor, you're in the shallow ends with yeah. this first person singular. Uh, we're going to go a little deeper. Yeah. Got another short story collection. I'm very excited because I have not read this one. I actually forgot about it, and I wanted to check it out. Is uh, The Elephant Vanishes. 
I'll read the uh, synopsis here for anybody that wants to follow along. I don't. I figure we're actually a week ahead with these episodes, so I don't know. We could at least take a week off, but we don't have to necessarily get right back to it. We'll see where we are in our personal yeah. reading and stuff. But uh, like, because these ones are, they seem a little longer. Like the prints a little smaller yeah. and stuff. So it might take a little longer to get through the stories, but we'll see how it goes. Did you see also in the back of that they had a uh, they had an ad for another large print book? I don't know if it's another short story. That or book not. without being in large print is like a thousand pages. So I don't want a large print book version of that. Because <laughs> I was looking online. I think it's like 800, the Killing Commodore. Because I wanted to get that uh, a, like a year or two ago when it came out. But it just looked really big. And I was like, I can't read another huge Mirakami book. I'm going to read five smaller ones first. <laughs> uh, but the synopsis for this elephant uh, vanishes. Or at least this is what's on the back of the book. In the tales that make up the elephant vanishes, the imaginative genius that has... Made Mirakami, an international superstar, is on full display. In these stories, a man sees his favorite elephant vanish into thin air. A newlywed couple suffers attacks of hunger that drive them to hold up a McDonald's in the middle of the night. And a young woman discovers that she has become irresistible to a little green monster who burrows up through her backyard. By turns haunting and hilarious, in the elephant vanishes, Mirakami crosses the border between separate realities and comes back bearing remarkable treasures. Another thing that wasn't you didn't get to really see in this collection, this first person singular, uh, Mirakami is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna. I, I could, I could, I could see that as um, just like well, just with the monkey, like yeah, even like that story is hilarious, but not even having a funny without being the yeah, without having like a funny line, like that whole thing is just hilarious. And just Japanese humor in general is very different from like American humor or even what just like Western humor. Because, like, modern Japanese humor kind of gets influences from, like, uh, like British humor and different yeah. things. But, you know, we always see, like, the TV shows, how wacky and zany everything is. But just what they find funny is uh, is it always interests me. And Mirakami usually catches it pretty good. Like, he'll, he'll talk about, like, some... Because like, he'll throw it in a way you won't expect. So you'll have a story... And he'll just say something like, oh, then she caressed my balls. And, but it's just like, why did you use the word balls right there? I don't know why, but it just always cracks me up because he does that. Or like, she just cradled my package and then she just tongued my balls. I'm like, why do you want to say it like that? It would be like a romantic sex scene. Well, I mean, then too, if the, like, the stories that I thought were kind, were kind of funny was the, the the dude who slept with the chick that he used to work with. Yeah. That whole shit was hilarious. Like, I'm, hey, just so you know, I'm going to scream another guy's yeah. name. Like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not necessarily a dry humor. It's just when you're looking at it as an outside observer, you're like, that's a really weird situation <laughs> to be in. But you yeah. can see it as it's like even the monkey situation. That would never happen, but you, when you're reading it, you're like, that could, that seems like that's how that would happen yeah. if it was real. It was like the guy who went to see his girlfriend, but then ended up talking to his to her brother, the weird brother, for a very long time, and then doesn't end up talking to him yeah. for like another what, like twenty years? Like that, like that's like that weird humor. That's that, where the Franz. That's Ka like life humor. That's where the Kafka um, inspiration seems to come in, because Kafka. Where, I mean, he was a little more hardcore because he was, I think he was German. But he had, like, like the, that weird awkwardness that we all go through times 11. So, like, you know, Gregor Samson turned into a bug and his family's just pissed off that he's not working. Like, they're mad because now they have to get jobs because he can't support them anymore. Like, that's the thing they're worried about, not the giant bug monster. Yeah. They're like, oh, this fucking guy. And they, like, well, lock him in a room. But you give people, like, a, a more modern thing, and it's, you know, and it's just because it's made, it's always on TV now. But it's it's very, like, it's what made the, the Office famous. Yeah. Is, like, those small, 
uh, actual like people moments that you know that happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't think would be, you know, hilarious, but they end up being hilarious. Yeah, but it's because you can see yourself in that situation. Yeah. You can see and, how that would happen. And because you're not in that situation. You see yeah. it happen to other people, and you're just like, oh, thank God, because if I knew if I, like... It's like... If we, I'm like, 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 oh, God, I'm just happy I wouldn't be Michael Scott yeah. in that scenario. Like, I don't know what I would do. It's like when you're in a grocery store or a busy place and you see somebody wave across the room and it looks like they're looking at you, but you don't wave because that's the most, that's the worst when you do the wave, you're like, what? And then, but then you look and you see someone else wave and then the person runs up and it's not for them. They were the one that, that, you know, that almost was you. Like they're the one to fucking wave back and like, what is going on? Who's this person? Like, oh shit. Like, so when you see that from the outside, it's hilarious. Like, oh man, that's. That that's cringy. That yeah. hurts. I'm so glad that didn't happen to me. I'm glad I didn't wave at that hot chick, and then it turns out she was waving at her fucking uncle or somebody behind me. Her other hot friend. Ooh, but I did have a moment like that uh, last week. I was delivering to one of my stops. This fucking big fat guy that works at the it was like a trucking place. He's leaning over a truck and he's looking right at me. And usually he's pretty talkative when I go there. Uh, so he he says something when I'm bringing the delivery in, and I was like, oh okay, like whatever you want. And uh, he's like. Oh, I'm on the phone. He had one of those oh. Bluetooth things. I was like, are you fucking... I guess that all the time I work, I'll just be walking around that. and somebody would just be saying something like, like customers or other employees and I'm like, oh, what, 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 what? And they're like... And they, they just look at you like you're yeah. an asshole. Like, you're the one who's used... Like, I can't see that in your ear. Yeah, because they're small now. They're, they usually be the big ones, but now they're smaller. They can just be like an iPod or, you know, the, whatever, the, the fucking AirPod. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh... I'm looking forward to The Elephant Vanishes, because I like Mason Mirakami. I like this cover. Yeah, it's pretty funky. All those covers that he has, the English versions, are pretty funky. Even though I can't read it, I would like to get his books all in Japan, too. Like, Japanese. That would, I mean, yeah, that could be interesting. Well, I showed you that Norwegian wood copy I have in Japanese. It's so small. And say, is it, is it expensive? Because you would have, get it shipped from over there? It just, it just depends. I think, the sh- like, that Norwegian wood, I don't think it was expensive, but it uh, took a while to get here. Mm. Um, well, that's about all. I hope you folks enjoyed that. That has been a Mirakami Minute, presented by the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast.